stand also for the reading of the Word of God. And I apologize, I know that they asked me this morning if uh, they had all the verses, and I apologize, but I usually follow the Lord's leading. But if you go to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, and say Habakkuk. Now, if you could find Jonah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, all right? This is one of those small books that a lot of times, listen, if you can't find it, go to the front and, and find the, the, the index to your Bible and find it there or find what page number to listen, honestly, unless you got one of those cheater Bibles with the, with the little things on the side, the index things. And I remember Br- Brother Adam's got one this morning. He needs it, all right? But listen, find the book of Habakkuk. And I want you to look, and we were going to, our text is really from chapter 5 to, to uh, uh, excuse me, verse 5 to verse number 11, but we're, gonna, we're actually going to begin in verse number 1, because I want you to see really what God has. And again, uh, listen, if you have your Bible at home or here, let's read together, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, the burden, notice that word, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. This is something that Habakkuk could see, something that was going on in his day. It was evident. He could see something was happening. Verse 2, Habakkuk says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou will not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore, the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. I mean, when you look at these verses, it's evident that the prophet Habakkuk here is, he's speaking to God. Do you get that in these first four verses? He's having this conversation. You ever had one of those conversations with God? You know, the the, the prophet is, is really saying, Lord, why is this going on? I don't understand why this is happening. How long is this going to continue? And so many of us, as we think about this series on treasures in the darkness, we think to ourselves, God, how much longer are we going to go through this? How much longer are we going to have to deal with this? Lord, why won't you do something is what the prophet is saying. And so all of a sudden, even though in our Bible it goes from one verse to the next, if we can just kind of picture, because something happens when you go from verse number four to verse number five, because the prophet is speaking to God in those first four verses, and it's almost like there's a moment of silence, and then God begins to speak. I want to hear what God has to say from the darkness. Look what the Bible says in verse number five. Behold, ye among the heathen. Remember what he said in verse number four, how how it seems like the wicked are compassing. They're all around the righteous that wrong judgment proceedeth. 
he says, Behold, listen, Habakkuk, Christian, ye among the heathen. He says, Regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it be told you. God says, I'm, I'm going to do something. Now, look, my timetable and how I work may not be like you work, but I'm going to do something. But even though I tell you I'm going to do something, you're not going to believe it. Verse number six, God continues. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves, and their horsemen shall spread themselves, and their horsemen shall come from afar they shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. They shall come and all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity as the sand, and they shall scoff at the kings, and at the princes shall be a scorn unto them. And they shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing this his power unto his God. This morning, taken from that fifth verse, I want to speak to you about how here we are, going through what we're going through. I want to remind you today, child of God, that God says, I will work a work. You know why? Because God is always at work. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Bless your word, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. When I look at this passage, Habakkuk asked God a question. Have you ever asked the Lord something, something that maybe you really didn't want to hear what the Lord had to say about it? I mean, Habakkuk asked God, and God begins to speak to him. And the reason that Habakkuk was asking these questions was because his heart was heavy for the people of God. You know, this morning, listen, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not against anyone. I, listen, I love everyone. You know why? Because God loves everyone. And when I stand here as a pastor and try to encourage people to be faithful to God, to continue to worship God, to remember that every time the doors of the house of God are open, we ought to be in God's house assembling ourselves together unless we need to distance ourselves for maybe some pre-existing condition. Listen, what am I doing? I'm concerned about the people of God. I'm concerned about where some people are today and how that, listen, just like Habakkuk, I'm deeply troubled. Notice that Habakkuk, when he asked this question uh, to God, listen, he never really understood. or Maybe he thought to himself, boy, I wish I would have never asked God 
for that question. The reason he was asking was because the, the nation of Judah, much like the world we live in today, it was spiritually bankrupt. They were all going away from God instead of coming to God. And the Lord tells the prophet, he says, I, I'm going to do a work. He says, I'm going to bring the heathen nation of Babylon. I mean, God, I thought you loved us. God says, I'm going to bring this heathen nation down upon you. I'm going to use them to judge you. Now remember, God's ways are different than ours. God tells the prophet, he says, look, this is what I'm going to do. And so in other words, a bad situation to the prophet seemed like it just got worse. You think to yourself, how can it get much worse in this day that we live in? But I love how God says in the midst of this bad situation, in the midst of this dark situation, God says, I will work a work. You know what that means? God was making a promise. And every promise God has ever made, God has always kept his promises. This was yet another one of those where God was saying that he's always at work. And when we're faced with impossible situations, what we need to remember is God is at work. Now, a lot of people today have become very lazy, very kind of set in their ways. Come tonight. We're going to talk about how sheep many times, as we're likened to in the Bible, how we just kind of settle in to things in our lives. Hey, you know what the Lord has to do from time to time? He has to shake us up. God has to wake us up and bring us back to himself. This is exactly what God says. He goes, look, Habakkuk, I know that you love the people of Judah, but they have gone away from me. They don't want anything to do with me, and so here's what I'm going to do. It may not be what you would do, Habakkuk. By the way, if you and I could write the script, it wouldn't be the same as what God is doing today. You say, wow. I mean, is God allowing? Yes. God's allowing COVID. God's allowing some of the things that are going on in this world today. Read your Bibles. Understand that the Lord is at work in Habakkuk. Ask the Lord, he says, how, how are you going to bring your people back to yourselves? And it's interesting how the Lord says here, he says, I'm going to do it among the heathen. Now, the heathen is basically another word for unsaved people, not people of God. God says, this is what I'm going to do. He tells the prophet he was going to do a work, but he was going to do it in an unlikely place. Look what the Bible says again, as I remind you of Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. God's ways are higher. Can I just tell you this morning, sorry to bust your bubble, you don't have a better way than God. God's ways are always best. And I love how God says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Look, Paul understood this in his life and many of the things that Paul faced. You study the Bible. From the moment that Paul trusted Christ as his Savior on the road to Damascus, 
the more bold that he got for the Lord, the more that he preached Christ everywhere he went, the greater the opposition got in his life. And that's why you see him write to those in Philippi, and he says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what happened when you got saved? God began a work in you. God says, I'm working a work. I'm at work in your life. And guess what? God will finish the work that he began in you. God will perform it until the day that you see Jesus in heaven. So understand, look, although here we are and we look around and we think, God, where are you? God, how long are you going to let this happen? Hey, look, just like the prophet Habakkuk, we may not understand why, because God works differently than we work. And I see here this morning that Paul had that confidence that God was going to finish what he started, and this should bring great comfort to your heart and mine today, that what God began in us, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is at work, and God is not finished yet. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If God was done, you'd really be seeing some things going on today. But God's not done yet. We're still here. And so I want you to see this morning from the life of Habakkuk and the people of Judah this morning, I want you to notice this thought about how God is always at work, but it begins with the carelessness of God's people. Look back again in verse number five where he says, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe. People say to me all the time, well, I'm a Christian. Okay, so do you believe God? Well, sure I do. Do you believe every word of God? Well, pastor, no, no well pastor. You either believe God to the hilt or you don't believe God at all. You believe everything that God said. Every word is true. And listen, in our lives, we need to understand that just like the people of Judah, we have gotten careless in our lives as Christians. And I'm listen, this morning, I'm not a prophet. I'm not predicting something. I'm just telling you that the scriptures were given unto us as an example that we need to learn from the things that were written aforetime so that we ourselves don't follow the same pattern that the children of Judah did. I don't want to find myself there, but I'm afraid that I'm a part of a country, a part of a world where people are going away from God instead of to God. The carelessness. The Lord say, says here in verse number five, he says, okay, Habakkuk, you asked? He says, I'm going to share it with you. So here I am this morning. I got my Bible up here. Here at our church, we preach the word of God. Hey, if you want a church where some preacher is going to tickle your ears and tell you little cute stories, this is not your church. We're a Bible-believing church. And God says, listen, anytime we look at the Word of God, it's the Word of God. And what thus saith the Lord is the most important thing in our lives. And the Lord said to Habakkuk, he says, okay, you asked, I'm going to tell you, but you're not going to believe it. A lot of times we sit in church. We sit at home and watch the services. Service is over. We close our Bible. We walk out the door. We walk out to our lives just as if we didn't believe what we heard. Just like the, the people of Judah. God says, I'm going to tell you, but 
you're not going to believe it. Can I tell you what our greatest need is? I think it's in your outline there today. It's just this simple fact. Christians need to live like Christians. That's the problem today is a lot of Christians are not living like Christians. And when we don't live like a Christian, we are not being the salt and light that God saved us to be. Listen, there's no difference between us and those that are in the world that do not know Christ as their Savior. Christians need to live like saved people. How do saved people live? They love one another. They're compassionate towards one another. They're tender. They're forgiving. They're kind. Listen, where do you get all these attributes, these characteristics, these virtues, Jesus, study the life of Christ. Everywhere he went, he loved people. He was compassionate. He was tender, forgiving, kind. Christians should be truthful. Boy, there's one that's almost gone. Remember the days when you could just give your word, your word was good? Nowadays, you can have contracts and notarizations and all these things, and it still doesn't matter. But Christians need to be truthful, honest, decent, God-fearing people. But Christians today do not fear God. And instead, what has happened is we have developed as God's people a carelessness that honestly is just as, as alarming, if not more, than in the days of Habakkuk. See, God's people, just like I, I think about it, when you study the Word of God, this is Old Testament. You say, Pastor, this was a long time ago. Well, let me bring you into the New Testament. Paul had an opportunity to stand many, many times. And one of those times in Acts chapter number 13, Paul was in Antioch. And Paul stood. And by the way, everything that Paul testified was what the Scripture said was going to happen. And by the way, what actually did happen to Jesus Christ. Paul stood there that day sharing what they had done to Jesus. And Paul tells the, the people, and it's interesting how Paul takes... Some verses from Habakkuk, this small book that we look at this morning, and he takes those verses and he brings them into the New Testament, and notice as he does this, he begins to tell the people of his day, and by the way, God is maybe using me today for the very same reason, to tell them of his day what God is going to do, and what God, or how God is going to bring certain things to pass. Notice Acts 13 verse 40. He says, and he begins it with the word, beware. That's a warning. Anytime you see something like that in the Bible, you ought to take note of it. You know, so many medicines out today. You ever, I'll be honest, sometimes if I have on the television and they show one of those commercials for a medicine, the commercials are five minutes long and it's all the side effects and all the things that can happen to you. And I'm, I said to my wife every time, why would anybody ever take that? It's going to kill you. We're living, you know, and again, look, don't get me wrong. I understand not all medications are bad. Some people need to take medications. But I'm going to tell you, we are living in a land, we are over-medicated. My mom, she's been dealing, been having all kinds of stuff in the home she's at. And she has Alzheimer's and uh, a lot of things that she's dealing with. They, every time, every time I'd go to see her, it was, like, it was like visiting with a zombie. She had some things happen recently, and, and I've been doing the best I can to not say anything to my sisters. They've been doing a great job just trying to help and monitor my mom. They live in the area there. I'm the only one that doesn't live in the area, so I've been trying to, to not overstep my bounds, but they made the decision to take some of her medicines away and 
when they made that decision, my sisters started commenting, wow, mom's really had a great visit. Mom actually knew who I was. Hello! I mean, we're living in a land that, that honestly is, is, is one that, that, that honestly many times that, that there's so much going on and we're not aware of it. Notice as, as the warning is given here by Paul in Acts 13, look what it says. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you. Did you hear that? He says, look, do you remember hearing about the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk and the land of Judah, the people of Judah, what happened to them and how God brought the Babylonians down on them to judge them? Paul's saying to the people in his day, he says, look, you better watch out, he says, lest that come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wander and perish. For God says, I will work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. You know who Paul was in that day? Paul was standing in the place of the prophet Habakkuk. He was saying, look, you better beware, because it wasn't a one-time thing. If people are going to go away from God, the very same thing that God did to them in the Old Testament, he's going to do to you in this present day. Can I tell you again, not being a prophet, but if we're not careful, through our carelessness, God will do the same to us. God says, I'll work a work. He says, not like you would think. Paul told them that if they were going to live a life that was so careless that they would go to the point that they would actually forget that God was able to do all things. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said unto them, with men, yeah, with men this is impossible. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you, they've been, they've been scrambling around. They've been trying to find all these drug manufacturers. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. The drug manufacturers are not interested in saving lives. It's all about the almighty dollar for those drug companies. But I'll tell you this. They're all trying to come up with some, and, and maybe they'll come up with some antidote. But listen, how many of you have gotten flu shots over the years, and then after you get the flu shot, you still get the flu? You know why? Because of all the different strains. Who's to say that things are going to change before they get the antidote, before they get some vaccine? I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to help you understand this morning. Look at this. With men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Comes back to what I said earlier. We just need to trust God. We need to be so quit being so careless when it comes to serving God, being faithful to God. God, listen, God heard Habakkuk. God heard what he was praying and what he asked. But and by the way, God is still in the life-changing business. God can still do a work. God can still work miracles. Here's the question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that God can still work? Hey, honestly, folks, where can you go and you're not going to come into contact with someone that has COVID-19? I'm not going to live my life in fear. Now, I'm not going to be stupid and just, just go to one of these COVID parties. Duh! But I will tell you this. Who is in control? God is. See, we need to see that God can do anything that God, and look, look, I mean, it might be tomorrow. You might say, Pastor, boy, 
beware. Yes, I might end up with it. Listen, listen, if I do, I'm still going to trust God. Brother Joe's here this morning. He had it. He's here. He trusted God. God. God was there with him. Understand that when we go through this, that with God, all things are possible. God can still work, and God can take people who don't care anything, like the, uh, like the Apostle Paul. Paul didn't want anything to do with God, and that's the way many people are today. They want to turn their lives away from God, but God says, look, I can take a life that doesn't love me, doesn't care about me, that's careless, and I can turn it around. I think of Paul, how God so changed his life. I think about my own life. I didn't want anything to do with God. You know, listen, think about your own life. How God changed your life. Some of you just need to revisit that. About how much God has done in your life. The work that God has done and what God is doing. See, what happens is we get careless. We get over our salvation. You know, we get used to being a Christian. Hey, listen, I don't want to get used to it. Every day is a new day with the Lord. I'm excited about today. I don't know if you are, but I am. See, if we're not careful, we'll begin to doubt what God can do. Many times we doubt what God is able to do, and our carelessness is really a refusal to believe that God is able, that God can do all things. And can I tell you this morning, honestly, listen to me, we need to be careful and guard against that spirit of unbelief. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Take heed, there's another warning right there. Brethren, that's written to save people. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Folks, that's, that's something that many are dealing with today. And see, as Habakkuk declared this, guess what? We just looked at in Acts 13. Paul declared the same message. He says, you better be careful. And can I say this morning, I really believe that God by his spirit is saying to us in 2020, we better beware also because of our carelessness. But then notice I see not only in this passage the carelessness of God's people, but I see the cruelty of those who do not know the Lord. And again, boy, when I looked at this and I started to read and study this week, you know, isn't it amazing? Have you experienced this in your life, especially since you've been saved, how cruel people can be? It's amazing how cruel. I mean, the description that God gives here, beginning in verse number six, God gives a description of the Babylonians and how he was going to allow them to come down upon Judah. And, and I think most people today, listen, I think this is a real problem. A lot of people today, here's what they think is that someday, listen to me, someday, not today, someday God will bring judgment down upon us. Now that is true. But what you're missing, if you study the word of God is, is that when you look at judgment, judgment is progressive. Because the truth is, when we look at our lives, the reality is, is that we are being judged now. And we will be judged. So you can see it in the scriptures, you can see it in the world, the judgment of God is sure. It's going to happen. Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever, 
a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Anybody seeing anybody reaping something today? And listen, this goes way beyond politics. I'm talking about in our everyday lives. Listen to what Hosea in the Old Testament said. For they have sown the wind. Try that. And they shall reap the whirlwind. The Bible says, it hath no stalk. The bud shall yield no meal. If so be it yield, the stranger shall swallow it up. See, we reap, according to the Bible, we reap what we sow. If you plant corn, you're going to get corn. If you sow to the wind, you're going to get the whirlwind. So understand in our lives, we are suffering today. Why? Because of months and years and decades of neglecting God, neglecting the Word of God. Look, we're being judged on a daily basis because we're neglecting the things of God. In verse number 6, look at it again, how that, that the Bible describes here that God says, I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through it, through the breadth of the land. It's not their land, but notice it says that they will possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They're going to take what is not, not theirs. There's no mercy there at all. In verse number 7, notice again, he begins to talk about how terrible and how dreadful their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves and how the Babylonians, if you study their their background, who they were, that they attributed their greatness to their gods, little letter G, instead of the one true God. They said that their gods were greater than the God of the people of Judah. Man's unbelief, what does it do? You know what it does? It dishonors the Lord. When we will not believe the true and living God, it dishonors God. There is a great cruelty in the world today. And the reason for this is because people have turned their hearts away from the true and living God. Listen to this. It's a true account. A British historian whose name was Thomas Macaulay, no relationship to Rogan and Nazarel. But he was a British historian. He was a man who died just before the Civil War began. And I want you to listen. Again, I don't think he thought he was a prophet. But he wrote this many, many years ago. And I want you to listen. I may, you may put it there in your notes. I don't know. But he wrote a statement about America before the Civil War began. And this was a man that lived and died more than a century ago. And here's what he said. Your Republic, America will be fearfully plundered and laid waste by barbarians in the 20th century, just as the Roman Empire was in the 5th. With this difference, listen to the difference. He says that the Huns and Vandals who ravaged the Roman Empire came from without. But he said, your Huns and Vandals will have been produced within your own country. He says, by your own institutions, he says, you will be destroyed. I believe that's true. I believe America is imploding. We are being destroyed because we have turned our hearts as a people away from God 
look, when, when Habakkuk was alive and he looked at what God said to him, and God says, I'm going to work a work, Habakkuk, but listen, he says, you will not believe it. And he begins to tell him how he was going to use the cruel Babylonians as the instrument of his judgment. And then I look at our world today. I look at our land, America. I don't know about you, but it makes me think about all the recent tragedies in America. And I think it would beg the question, are all of these tragedies in America, are they the instrument of God's judgment on our land? See, there's a carelessness among God's people. And we certainly see the cruelty of those who do not know the Lord. Remember, God's ways are not our ways. But I love how we don't leave this message, we don't leave Habakkuk 1 without understanding, thirdly, the compassion of our Lord. You see, we have a loving God. Some of this is hard to take. But can I tell you this morning, listen, never, 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 never forget that our God is a God of compassion. He loves us. Say, how do you know that, Pastor? For God so loved the world. God gave the greatest gift that he could ever give. He gave his son, Jesus, so that we can have eternal life, that we can have a relationship with him. See, listen, can I tell you this morning, we, we talked about Peter this morning in Sunday school. We cannot go so low that God does not continue to love us and God does not, listen, he desires, we mentioned this morning, that all would be saved. God loves everyone. Look at the verse we shared this morning, the Lord is not slack. Aren't you glad for those words, the Lord is not slack? We might get slack, we might get careless. But the Bible says he's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering to us word. Somebody asked that this morning in Sunday school. How many times is God going to pick us up? How many times is God going to dust us off? How many times is God going to use us? Well, according to the Bible, he's long-suffering to us word. Aren't you glad this morning for the long suffering of God? And look at this. He is not willing that any should perish. But how many should come to repentance? All. All. God wants everyone to be saved. Now I understand, we mentioned it this morning too, that all of us have a, a free will. We all can make a choice you made a choice this morning to get up and watch the service or be here in the service. Can I tell you, being careless is a choice. This morning we need to heed the warning of God. But I love this compassion of our Lord no matter how much, listen to me, no matter how much of a rebel we are, no matter how much of a disappointment we might become in life, no matter how vile, of a person that we may be, no matter how much of a godless person that we are, God still loves us. That's, listen, that's why God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. 
do you know that God wants the terrorist to be saved today? That God wants people who are just like the Apostle Paul was when he was Saul of Tarsus to be saved? See, I, I see here God answering Habakkuk's question. Habakkuk said, God, how long is this going to go on? God says, well, let me tell you why, but you're not going to believe it. And God says, here's how I'm going to work a work. But while God is working that work, you can see that compassion. Remember in the New Testament, you find here in Luke chapter number uh, 15, how the Bible records that there was a man that had a, a great substance and he had two sons. It's in that passage where you find the, 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 the 100 sheep and 99 and one wandered away, right? And then there was the woman that had 10 coins and she lost one. She swept the house until she found the one. And then you come to the third part of that chapter where the, you have a father with two sons. You know, honestly, God... God chose not to give me a son. If he did, I'd probably kill him. I mean, I've been hanging around some of our members that have boys, and I'm thinking, I, I, I know, I know I'd probably. I told my, my grandson, he's, he's uh, how old is Duke? Two and a half years old. And I'm going to go see him here in a couple months. And I said, when, when Poppy gets there, he's going to take you in your bedroom and he's going to hang you up in your closet by your toes. He just smiled. But here's this father had two boys. And you remember the one son, he comes to his dad and he says, Dad, I want it. I want it all. Just give it to me. Careless. Wasn't really his to have at that time. The Bible says there in verse 13, he, the Bible says not many days after, the younger son, he gathered all together. He took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted, he wasted his substance. Or can I say his father's substance on riotous or wild living people today just wasting their lives, wasting their substance, just blowing money. I can't even imagine how that father, no doubt every day he probably was wondering what was going on with his son. I wonder how he's doing. No doubt he had made a wreck out of his life. I wonder, you think of situations like that, how that father could even go to sleep at night. Was he able to go to sleep? How could he get up in the morning and function day in and day out and just like nothing happened? His son had wandered away. I mean, how could he just go on with his life? Look, there's no doubt he loved his son, but I'll tell you this, his faith and his confidence was not in his son. You hear me? When I look at that passage, I realize that his faith and the confidence that he had in yours and mine today too should be the same. 
It was in the fact that God loved his son. It was in the fact that God was going to work a work. Listen to me this morning. He knew that God was going to do something in the heart of his son. So how do you know that? Well, the Bible says, as you read on in that chapter, that there came a day. Remember, remember how the son, by the way, it's kind of interesting how a, a Jewish boy ends up in a hog pen. Just think about that. The Jews and pigs. But the Bible says he came to himself. That's what a lot of people need to do today is they need to come to themselves. They need to realize how careless they are being with their life. And he says, you know what? He says, the people that work for my dad, they have it better than I do. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my story straight. And I'm going to go to my dad. And hopefully he'll just let me be one of his servants because I can get three squares a day. And so he's got his story all down pat. He's making his way back to his father. And look what the Bible says in verse 17. And when he came to himself, he says, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough to eat and spare? He says, and I perish with hunger. I will rise, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned. Notice what he says, against heaven. You see that? See, all sin is ultimately against God. That's what Joseph said in the Old Testament. He says, how can I lie with this woman and sin against God? Now, certainly, we, we hurt people in our lives. Our sin affects those around us. The, the, the people that are making decisions for our country today are affecting us. And he says, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. He says, I am no more worthy. By the way, none of us are. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And I love how the Bible says, and he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran the only place in the Bible where the, you'll see the father running to the son. The Bible says he ran to him. He fell on his neck. Listen, I guarantee you his son didn't smell good. Probably didn't look good. Probably didn't have a penny to his name. His testimony was gone. But the father ran to him. The father threw his arms around him, hugged him kissed him. He didn't say, hey, go clean up and then we'll talk, boy. That's not what he said. The Bible says he kissed him. You see, so many today, what we've done, listen to me, we have placed our faith and our confidence in the wrong things. You see, that father, his confidence wasn't in his boy. His confidence was in God, that God would do a work. And can I tell you this morning, wherever you are today, just like in Habakkuk's day, just like in Paul's day, just like in 2020, God says, if you will not have a heart towards me, he says, I am going to work a work. Now, you may not like what God uses, 
the instrument. But remember, all things work together for good. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand to our feet this morning. If you're at home, I want you in just the quietness of this moment, no one moving around, even at home. I want you to make your home, your couch, your table there in the living room or in the, maybe the kitchen, make it an altar this morning. I think all of us, myself included, I think we have become too careless in our lives. And I'm not here today to say God is going to do something bad in your life. But I am saying this, this isn't the only place in the Bible that God used heathen people. That God used something or someone. Hey, even in the Bible, you see God using a donkey to straighten out his prophet. It all just helps us to understand his ways are not our ways. But aren't you glad for the ways of God? The altar's open this morning while the piano plays. Why don't you come? Why don't you come and say, listen, I want to get more serious about my Christian life and I want to quit being careless with what God has given you. Some of you ought to come this morning and if not to pray for yourself, why don't you come and pray for America? Every one of us ought to come and say, Lord, God, please bless America. Do not remove your hand of blessing on our nation. Why don't you come this morning and pray for your family members? You know, listen, it, we don't have to be pious. We're no better than they are. It's by the grace of God that we are what we are. But many of us have family members, friends, co-workers that are living lives that are not pleasing to the Lord. And I really believe that every Christian ought to realize that the world is watching us. I know this. God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God will repay us Whatever we sow, that shall we also reap. The altar's open this morning, or where you are, make that your altar.